of Cardboard Nation. Welcome to another episode of GoGTS Live, the Hobbies Web Show. We're here every Thursday night. Every Thursday night, yeah, for like four years now. How about that? So this is episode number 150. Thank you to all of you for wow. taking time out of your week uh, over these past several years to hang out with us. I'm your host, Rob Bertrand. Joining me as always, my partner in crime, my friend, my cohort, Ivan Lovgren. What's going on, dude? Hey, not too much. Really excited for the show tonight. It's going to be packed. Uh, and this is just a preview of next week's incredible Christmas spectacular. But Woo-hoo! don't worry. Santa's coming next week. He's already here, though. We've got over $1,000 in awesome hobby boxes to break and preview and give away the hits. NPN, no purchase necessary, as our next guest will attest to. Um, So it's going to be a really fun show tonight, also because we've got a special guest coming on that I've been waiting so long to talk to. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. We're going to be joined by uh, our friend and attorney, Paul Lesko. He's going to detail us some happenings in uh, a couple of Panini lawsuits. Uh, We've got some uh, tidbits and hobby happenings. Uh, a very robust hot in the shop. We've got that off-the-post uh, interview with Connor Garland of the Arizona Coyotes. We'll preview next week's Christmas Spectacular episode. Hey, if there's only one episode you've ever watched of this show, it's gonna you're going to want to make it next week in its entirety. Um, but we kick things off, as always, with our Go GTS Live Q of the Week poll which was a little bit of a piggyback off of something I did on my personal Twitter account, but it got so much engagement and so it was so fun that I wanted to share it with our audience and you guys really have embraced it too. Oh, it was so super took, fun. And it would have, it would have been a knife in his wrong column if we didn't have a great guest coming up. So real quick, before you tell them about it, though, remind them so that they can see it and vote in it where they need to go. Twitter.com slash go GTS live. It's, uh, is, pinned. is our pin tweet or no? Yeah. I always yep, forget it is. when it. Okay, so it is pin tweet right now. Yep. Now here's here's the deal. You're gonna want to pay attention to our Twitter feed because while you can watch on live stream, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, whatever, we aggregate all the prize giveaways on Twitter. So that's why Twitter is important. But so here's the deal. I asked, I gave my top five, if I could have trading cards of any of my favorite TV shows, these were the ones. And I said, what's yours? And people, you know, started replying with their top five. And so I took, I took three that were really, they were always coming up and added them, made them the options in this poll. And then obviously others. So it's Seinfeld. If you could have one modern trading card set for a favorite TV show, so autographs, yada yada which one would it be seinfeld the office 45 years of saturday night and that's important rob that you did say one modern trading card set um because for purposes of this a 1992 set for teenage mutant ninja turtles that's just base cards with some inserts that's not what you mean by modern right correct now what on my I, i i caught a couple people on other including some of our diehard viewers mentioned some properties that already have modern trading card sets and even more people did it on mine <laughs> like people breaking bad has a set sons of our anarchy has at least 
three well, sets. This is exactly why um, we need your magnus opus, Rob, to come yeah. out so to educate us. It's almost it's almost done. Again, this would have been um, an Ivan is wrong column because I got my own butt handed to me because I was wrong. Simpsons, dude. Simpsons has had they had one by Artbox. Um, they've had a handful. <laughs> with autographs so and Matt Groening sketches. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I learned. Well, I learned. wait a second. That's not entirely true. There is a No, I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is I learned that yeah. today, that there is. Yeah. That's what I was saying. See, my article that's coming, Ultimate Guide to Celebrity Autographs, you would have seen Hank Azaria's only autograph card. It's in that Inkwork Simpsons it's 2000? In Simpsons set. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but like Amy Hood, sweetie, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has a set. It's got two sets, season one, season two from Rittenhouse. And it's going to have a third set out next week. Whoa. From wonder if Eddie Murphy's going to make it. Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. compendium. So it's going to cover the entire, like all the wow. series. And guess what? We'll be getting a box. So that'll nice. be awesome. But you mentioned like Breaking Bad. Um, a lot of people said that. And the whole the whole point of this is to know, wow, I can actually go out and there's Breaking Bad sets with a checklist that I'm sure includes some great signers. Right, Rob? Oh, well, absolutely. Now, they did not get Cranston. That that uh, was like, ugh, eh, you know, but they did get, you know, Dean Norris, oh, yeah. Love him. who played the DEA agent. Um you know, I've been paying, I've been looking, you have guys have no idea how many celebrity autograph checklists I've been looking at. So don't put me on the spot entirely. But to give you guys some other ones that have sets, I had a handful of people say Sopranos. Artbox did a set back in, I want to say 2000, 2001, something like that. Um, but again, no Tony Soprano, no Edie Falco. But they did get... Um, Oh, what's her name? Descala. Uh, Amy, is it Amy? Amy Lynn Descala, um, who played the daughter. So, um, yeah, weigh in with yours. You know, number five on my choice was a cheat. It was called USA Network Compendium because there were so many great shows that I liked on USA Network that I'd love to have seen. Like, the, I don't know if they could have done standalone sets mm -hmm. for them, but if you could have combined, like, Suits and white collar and burn notice and covert affairs. Even snuck monk in there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Tony Shalhoub has an autograph card, but not one as monk. Come on, I mean, and that's the one you would want, right? Of course. Ooh, you know, can I change mine from The Simpsons to Galaxy Quest? <laughs> Sure. Because there's also a, a, another chance for Tony Shalhoub. He was a small character in that. Rain Wilson had a small role in that. Lots of lots of under the radar uh, small roles in Galaxy Quest. Great film. But um, but actually, that was something interesting that I learned was yes, there was the 2000 autograph Simpson set. But actually, all the way back in 1993, Skybox put out a Simpson set that had Matt Groening's sketch autographs in it. In 1993. Oh, how awesome is that? Like that's ahead of. Junk Sports wax cards, era. Mostly. Come on, are you serious? Yeah. It's not all junk wax, obviously. Yep. That's a great product. So, um, somebody said Beans baseball card blog. That '70s show, absolutely. That would have been killer. Yeah, killer. Well, Can you imagine getting an early autograph of Ashton Kutcher? That's the other thing that I always say with entertainment cards is 
you never know who some of these people will grow up to be. Ashton Kutcher, if you had that 70s show, well, Princess Meghan Markle or Duchess Meghan Markle literally is available Fringe. in the Fringe set, Fringe season four. Who would have even thought, right? Season three, season four? Exactly, yeah, something like that. At the time, it was a $3 poll that you would have hit, hit yourself over. Now it's like $2,000 or something crazy. Now, 1986 Astros, I loved his answer because it was my honorable mention. Arliss. <laughs> Arliss was huge. And think of the celebrity athlete autograph checklist that would have had. Yeah, but by that token, I would say Gary Shandling's show would uh, would be bigger. Oh, see? Another one. So. And, and guess what? Brandon Metz, you voted for Lost. Lost has at least four or five trading card sets with autographs from Rittenhouse. So they're out there. So yeah, all you guys who you know gave an answer, go take a quick look. You might be surprised. Or just wait a few more weeks until Rob's life's work finally gets... And Christopher Brown, you're absolutely wrong about 24. There are at least four um, trading card sets for uh, that show with loaded autograph checklists, although unfortunately Kiefer Sutherland never yeah. signed. But lots of other, you know, Kim Raver did as Audrey Rains. Um, yeah. So oh, I like I've been RJ working, Alias I've been, on Twitter also mentioned Bradley Cooper in the Alias set way alias, back in the day. Alias. Exactly. Again, who's this guy? So, oh, he's only he's a side character. And now he's Oscar winner, Bradley Cooper. So I'll, I'll fill you guys in on a little secret. I have been working on my, what, what's the proper word? My, not, not opus, my, you know, that lasting legacy word. What am I looking for, Ivan? Manifesto. <laughs> no, I think you want to stick with opus. Been, you want to stick with opus. I, no, I've been working on my hobby <laughs> manifesto, and that is, oh, uh, well. It, no, right now I, it's up to it. I got to cut you off there because Wait, we're going to talk to somebody who's going to tell us about hobby manifestos in a minute. This is not a hobby manifesto. We all know people that sit right. behind their keyboards writing hobby manifestos. Come on. <laughs> well, this is my lasting legacy to the hobby besides this show is going to be what is part one of two of the ultimate guide to celebrity autographs. This post I've been working on since August is up to 35,000 words with literally hundreds Hundreds of cards and I had to ask myself is this person a celebrity and how I drew that line is if you recognize them and can't quite put your finger on them and then you go oh yeah they made the list so you're gonna get you're in for a ton of great surprises finding out just how great it is that some of your favorite characters have property licensed autographs and that's what the first part's going to focus on you know it's great i mean i love pop century you know i love don ross and panini americana but when it comes to autographs of favorite tv shows and movies man i love them when they can be you know as the character with the art you know and the branding of the franchise or property that they're you know known for so, so this first part focuses oh, on gotcha. heavy emphasis on property licensed gotcha. autographs part two will be on those other 
uh, celebrity autographs. So I was going to say, like but the fact that anything the fact else that before we bring James out Gandolfini Ivan? is not in those Soprano sets, but he does have Leaf cards. He's still on that list. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. So he may not be on in this first part, but he would definitely be in part two when we go into we'll, Pop Century, Americana, Top Seventy Fifth, American Pie, uh, Upper Deck Spectrum celebrity focused autographs that aren't necessarily property licensed. Gotcha. Well, Makes I'm sense? looking forward to reading it. All right, cool. Well, yeah, let's do bring on um, our guest and um, collector, attorney, hobby legal eagle, my friend, Paul Lesko, to come on the show and join us to talk a little dare I say law of cards that was a branded segment on the cardboard connection radio show but we're kind of gonna gonna bring it back into a uh, hobby legal talk if you will perfect hi guys hey Paul what's oh, going on uh, Paul uh, been a uh, another uh, crazy year in the uh, hobby field with lawsuits and uh, <laughs> it's it's always something fun to watch because you know it's it, it's fun to collect and it's fun to collect what people are suing over. <laughs> so it's it's always always interesting uh, in this field here. Well, so real quick, before we dive into the actual litigation, I'm curious, do you develop a PC yourself because you're so fascinated with that of what cards are involved in lawsuits? Is that something that you chase? It, it, it actually is. It's uh, it's I I always like to uh, dabble a little bit in uh, teaching. I like to teach law students. And one of the things that I liked in law school was professors that could actually show parts of lawsuits. And trading cards were great for that. First, to just show you know how intellectual property works. You know, because you know, if you look at a trading card, it's got copyrights, trademarks, it's got rights of publicity, everything's on there, and it's got a perfect exemplar. But then you have so many lawsuits that go through so many issues. I mean, you could probably write a textbook, uh, you know, covering just about you know every type of legal issue out there, just from the last ten years of lawsuits in the industry. So it's so I, I started collecting them, uh, you know, that way. Uh, and now it's really the focus of my personal collection. And, you know, some of the cards we'll be talking about, some of the cards we'll be talking about now, um, you know, they might be, you know, counterfeity cards, but I've got them slabbed because, you know, to, to me, they're collector's items. They might be worth, you know, 99 cents, but they're, uh, you know, part of lawsuits. And, and it's it's uh, I like collecting them that way. That's awesome. All right. So we're going to talk about two specific cases uh, going on right now that we've been paying attention to in our uh, weekly hobby happening segment. Um, the first, let's talk about because they're both they're similar cases. If I'm not mistaken, they deal with intellectual property and copyright infringement. And the first one I want to talk about is Panini versus, and all I know it as is Wing. Right. Who is Wing? Is that, that a guy's that name? Is. So it's uh, Panini versus Shad Wing. And it's a uh, trademark infringement lawsuit where um, uh, Panini uh, filed the case and alleged that uh, Shad Wing was making cards that infringed uh, the uh, rated rookie uh, contenders and rookie ticket trademarks. 
and they provided examples of some of the uh, alleged infringing cards in the complaint. And they were, you know, cards that uh, uh, Mr. Wing appears to have created uh, of himself, of uh, imagery. I think there was a Zion Williamson was one of the cards. And uh, uh, unfortunately for him, what got the notice of Panini is uh, he put rated rookie. Uh, in uh, Panini script uh, on the cards. Well, Panini owns the uh, trademark rights for Rated Rookie. And as part of a trademark owner, you are required to enforce your trademarks. Uh, trademark, it's one of those rare IPs where if you aren't enforcing it and other people are ripping it off, you could lose your rights. So there's an, so Panini has an active responsibility if it comes to their attention that there are infringers out there, they need to bring uh, a lawsuit. So that's what the Shadwing uh, lawsuit is about. Um, it's, they uh, saw some cards on eBay. They went through eBay's Vero service. Uh, which is a service that uh, copyright owners or tr trademark owners can contact to try to get uh, infringing works taken down. Apparently, there was uh, you know no way to resolve it. Uh, I don't know if Mr. Wing ignored it or didn't you know see the see the warnings. So then uh, uh, Panini find himself in the position that they had to bring suit, and that's that's how that was the what 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 began that lawsuit. That you would think that people would know that what they're doing is wrong and it's a matter of like wanting to get away for it with it for as long as they can kind of thing and not thinking that someone maybe will actually like care or how long they can get away with it and in this case uh, i mean panini kind of let them off the hook you know it gave them a slap on the wrist if anything but no real Right. Punishment. And that's right? something. So, uh, you know, before my uh, incarnation as a plaintiff's attorney, I did some defense work and we would do some uh, trademark work for large companies. And when it comes to uh, smaller infringers, uh, what you would really do is, you know, you'd bring a lawsuit and you'd threaten them. Uh, you know, we're going to sue you for a million dollars. We're going to get our attorney's fees. We're going to shut you down, blah, blah, blah. But it's really ultimately a negotiation. Uh, most of these, uh, you know, small uh, eBay infringers or eBay people that are using marks out there that they don't own, they're not deep pockets. They're not going to be able to, you know, cough up money to, to settle these lawsuits. So you go in, guns a-blazing, uh, shock and awe, try and scare them, and then ultimately you get down to the point of, well, you know what, never do this again. If you never do this again, we'll let you out this one time, but you have to agree to an injunction. And that's what happened in uh, this case. Uh, Mr. Wing agreed to an injunction. And the injunction uh, basically says, I will never, you know, I won't uh, anymore use rated rookie on cards. I won't say I'm associated with Panini or, uh, or the rated rookie marks. Uh, basically conceding that I will never do this again. But because it's a court injunction, it's an injunction that the court ordered, it's not just a empty promise. If uh, Mr. Wing would and would violate the injunction, uh, you know, make rated rookie cards and he's not supposed to, the court has jurisdiction over again over him again. He agreed to that, and it's the violation at that point. If he breaks the, it's he's violated the law. He will be in contempt of court, and the the judge wants the judge could put him in jail for that. So that's the teeth. For an injunction. Wow. So it's 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 it, it looks so you're right. It looks like he's a slap on the wrist, but really, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's a pretty good uh, threat to have. That oh, I could go to jail if I do this. Now, most likely, a judge isn't going to do it's that to somebody. It, 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 but I was um, I remember once I was in the Central District of California, 
and there was a, a great district judge there, and uh, they were uh, he was the parties were trying to enter an injunction, and he wouldn't do it just because he said, you know, if I enter this injunction and everything seems right now, somebody could go to jail later. I mean, so think about this before I do it. And so that's 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 the teeth you get with an agreed upon injunction. It's a good uh, deterrent, I would say. I mean, nobody really wants to go to jail now. You know, this whole thing of using copyrighted material, uh, this is something that um, I'm very familiar with because uh, you had to, quote, represent me, uh, <laughs> if you remember. Now, it never went to trial, but I did, we, I did have to cough up $300 at the time from Cardboard Connection Radio's money because I used an image that apparently someone was really, really right, attached right. to. <laughs> And, and, you know, and that's the thing. There's, you know, a lot of you out there I know are bloggers and stuff like that and content producers. And uh, just because you find an image on Google doesn't necessarily mean you can use that's it true. and not get that's, in trouble. But, there are uh, um, uh, individuals out there, there are companies out there that make, uh, make their money off of, they have a few images and they just police uh, the internet, look for people using it and then sue them. And, I like copyright cases. I mean, and I think, you know, your, your result of, you know, only paying a few hundred dollars and getting out is beautiful because, you know, when I used to do uh, work like that, I mean, we, you know, asked for several thousand dollars uh, uh, for that. And uh, so it, they're, they're, I mean, it, 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 it's a um, good way for uh, some artists to make money if they are not generating any additional content. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, the way that I always, you know, counsel my clients, if there's an image and you see it on the internet, you probably have to pay for it if you want to use it. And that's, that's a good, because copyrights last forever. You, you don't really have to do much to enforce them. Um, they're my favorite case type, because if you go to a jury with a uh, copyright case, all you do is say, hey, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, here's what my uh, work looks like. Here's what the infringer's work looks like. I think I win. What do you guys think? And the jury gets to take it from there. So. So, yeah. Well, Paul, so I actually have an audience question that also ties into this uh, from Forrest Barclay. He says, I'm curious if you're likely to be contacted by card companies if you are customizing your own cards not for sale. And I would also add contacted by the leagues, since some of the copyrights are probably theirs as well. And I know that kind of segues into the 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 other case that's on the on the docket but can you talk just a little bit about that the difference between art or personal versus consumer sure. when it comes to copyright and, and so uh part of the reason i like copyright is because anytime you make a copy of anybody else's uh, original works or copyrighted works you're technically an infringer uh so when you make fan art for yourself technically you are an infringer but most companies recognize that there is a lot of value in having fan art made if that fan art's not being sold. Uh, you know, so they tend to let that go. It's once you cross that line where you make fan art, you know, not maybe, maybe you make like an original drawing and you sell one, companies most likely don't care about it. Technically it's infringement, but companies don't care. It's when you start mass producing, when you start eating into the sales of the Making prints and setting up at San Diego Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that's. They'll notice you there. That's bad, and they'll try and shut you down. <laughs> so, so you know, so you know, all all the fan stuff that you do by yourself, uh, you keeping it to yourself, you are very safe there. But uh, once you put it out there and you start trying to sell it, 
be careful. They're, I mean, especially you know, companies like Panini, they're, they're looking for you. All right, let's dive into what I have found to be the more interesting of these two cases, Collector's Vault. Another copyright case, but before we can even get into that, they've had a hard time figuring out who it is they're supposed I, right, to be so, suing, so right? It, who yeah, is it, Collector's really Vault? Because uh, Collector's Vault and uh, Panini versus Collector's Vault and Panini versus Wing, they should be identical cases. They're almost the same thing. Panini was on eBay, found cards that was using the rated rookie uh, trademark, and they want to shut them down. So it worked out rather quickly and rather well in the in the Shad Wing context. But for Collector's Vault, poor Panini is in this uh, never-ending story of trying to figure out who is Collector's Vault. So uh, they filed a lawsuit um, against Collector's Vault and John Doe's to try and figure out who's behind it. And uh, the first thing they do is they, they identify somebody named Stephen Tiani. And uh, Mr. Tiani uh, used to work um, for a hobby shop called uh, Lefty Sports Cards. So Panini uh, amended the complaint, uh, identified Stephen Tiani, and identified Lefty Sports Cards as a place where Mr. Tiani worked. And instantly things started to go wrong because almost as soon as the amended complaint was filed, Panini files another amended complaint and saying, oh, we've just realized that uh, or been informed that Steve Matiani doesn't work at um, uh, Lefty Sports Cards. So we would like to remove any mention of Lefty Sports Cards from the complaint uh, because, you know, apparently there's probably still a Lefty Sports Cards there and they didn't like being brought into the lawsuit. So. No, wait, 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 wait one second, though. I mean, as a layperson, I'm saying to myself, can't Panini just ask eBay or can't the court make eBay tell Panini who Collector's Vault is? I mean, that account has to have a name and a PayPal right. attached to it. It's not like we're building, you know, a some sort of terrorist organization behind a bunch of shell companies. <laughs> no. What's so, so they, difficult, So uh, in order for um, uh, Panini to do that, they have to file the case. And then you have to really before you can begin what's called discovery, uh, either the other party has to be a part of the case or you have to ask the court for permission to begin discovery. So in this case, Panini hired a private investigator beforehand. Uh, there was a P.O. box. They were able to, uh, you know, it's not clear how they did it, but somehow the private investigator from the P.O. box thought they had the right people. So that's how they started the lawsuit. And then once all these problems started, that's when they asked the court for permission and said, hey, Let's we you're right. We need to talk to eBay. Let's send them a subpoena. Uh, let's talk to other people and try and figure that out. So uh, but through that process, you know, you know, companies like eBay, when you initially contact them, they don't want to give you anything at first. They're going to tell you, uh, you know, go get a subpoena. So then you get the subpoena. You have to negotiate over that. So, you know, come six months later. Uh, you know, Panini says, okay, we've got somebody else. There's a, uh, another individual that we think might be uh, behind uh, Collector's Vault, and his name is Roger Lynn. So we want to amend the complaint. Let's bring in Roger Lynn. He apparently is the owner of the P.O. box that was associated with Collector's Vault. So let's bring him in. But we don't want to let Steven Tiani go because maybe he still has some type of connection here. And uh, Mr. Tiani is throwing an absolute <laughs> fit. He says, you know, you've got no evidence of this. I shouldn't be in this lawsuit. 
Um, and, you know, humorously, some people uh, on Twitter said this is, you know, basically his defense is the it's the one armed man defense uh, from the fugitive. You know, he he basically started off by saying, uh, you know, it's not me. I am a victim of identity theft. And, you know, when you look at um, lawsuits, you can only see what's filed there. And it looks, you know, initially it looks suspicious that, you know, you're a victim of, of identity theft. Yeah, sure. You, you, you might have done this. But now that there's another individual in there. And Mr. Tiani is still, you know, claiming that he's innocent. You don't really know what's going on. So there's all this intrigue and uh, eventually the court's going to figure it out. Now, Panini did offer Mr. Tiani a way out. Uh, they said, you know, if you sign a declaration uh, under penalty of perjury saying I have nothing to do with uh, collector's fault. But if you agree that if we find some evidence linking you there, we can join you back in the, in the lawsuit, we'll dismiss you. Uh, well, Mr. Tiani, at least as of this point, hasn't taken Panini up on that, and he really doesn't have to. There's no obligation for him to do it. Panini has to prove everything, and obviously they're having difficulties proving who's behind this. But it's it's an intriguing thing to watch. Um, you know, we should probably get a, a bet or a poll going. Is you know, is Mr. Tiani or is it Mr. Lin or is some third party collector's vault? Is nobody? I mean, who knows? <laughs> but hopefully, we'll find out soon. Now, on the surface, though, doesn't that just tell you that they are scammers if they're going to that length, right? <laughs> I, who, whoever is behind Collector's Vault, uh, I agree. I mean, they have uh, multiple times changed their uh, handle uh, since this lawsuit on eBay. Um, I mean, it, it's it, you don't – I mean – It'll be interesting to see. They're, the people behind this are pretty good at hiding themselves. They made quite a bit of money, I believe. Uh, they were selling, I think it was Zion Williamson cards also, and a bunch of others. Uh, some of the cards were, you know, you know, they had, you know, they said there was over 50 sold, 60 sold of these cards going at ten dollars a pop, um, and they had multiple different versions of them. So it was, uh, you know, it was a good scam for them to have. Uh, we'll and we'll see. Hopefully, uh, you know, Panini can get to the bottom of it and protect their IP and start shutting it down. Well, I did have. Now, oh, now go Paul, ahead. Yep. Hold on. Before we before we go yep. there, Ivan, um, are subpoenas something of public record? Like, are you able to see if Panini file or um, or if eBay was subpoenaed to provide this information? on this company do we know at least where so, that yeah, is so, at uh, subpoenas generally are not of public record uh we do know that uh, uh panini oh, did send okay. ebay a subpoena because they filed a document later saying we sent a subpoena uh and they identified mr lynn as the owner of the uh, uh p.o box that's associated with collector's vault so uh so so we know it that way God. a subpoena is just I, 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 I don't know if everyone knows it but a subpoena is just a, a way of a party in a lawsuit to get documents from a third party. That's what a subpoena is. Um, so, so you don't need to show those to the court unless you need the court to move to compel it. Or if you, Hey, I got my evidence judge and I got it through a subpoena. That's, that's really the only way you'll know about it. Well, we'll pay attention to that. Ivan, I know you had. Yeah, it's a else. slightly different road, Paul. Uh, we don't get to see you often enough or hear your voice often enough. Usually it's just uh, typing. And even then, it seems a little sporadic. You'll go through days where you're really active and then weeks where we may not hear from you. So I wanted to jump back just a few years okay. to an article you wrote that I love called Law of Cards my own foray into lawsuit land, <laughs> yeah. mainly because one of the things you address there that you're sort of addressing here is the actual legality versus what you call twitigators, mm -hmm. armchair Twitter litigators. Mm -hmm. 
So I want to give you the open platform to just, you don't have to go into the specifics of that case necessarily, but tell us a little bit of what really bugs you in people's personal interpretations of what the law should be versus what it actually is that you see. Sure. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with uh, the way that the law is reported, uh, you know, because a lot of, uh, of legal documents uh, the reason you say certain things in there is because a statute says it or you're required to say this to not fall into certain traps uh, that the other side can set for you. But the way that it looks to the outside to somebody who does isn't familiar with it, it looks like you might be you know, playing games. So, for example, in uh, the lawsuit that uh, I brought against Tops, one thing that a lot of people jumped on is that the complaint uh, that was filed in state court said that uh, we were seeking damages of no more than $5 million. So uh, people got a hold of that and said, oh, my God, this is a lawsuit involved trading cards. He's asking for $5 million. This is, you know, what a crook. Well, actually, the reason that we filed a lawsuit and said we're seeking no more than $5 million is because that means you stay in state court. As soon as you say that you're going for $5 million and $1 or anything more, you can be brought into federal court if you're seeking a class action. So, you know, there is no connection whatsoever between the amount of money that's being sought uh, and where you want the case to ultimately be, but you need that language. And the reason that you have to, you know, you don't say this case is only worth 10 cents is because ultimately, uh, as a litigator, you're always told if you put a dollar value onto a case, and you end up winning more and the judge shrinks your judgment at the end of the day to what you're originally asking for, you've opened yourself up to malpractice. So you always go wow. right up to that limit that you can ask for and stop there. So, so it's, it's little things like that. And, you know, some of the frustrations I have with Twitter gators uh, really uh, has to do more with the fact that, you know, the, it's. A lot of people covering the law and lawsuits, they aren't lawyers or they aren't even litigators uh, that know these little ins and outs. Uh, so, you know, that's so they get focused on those little minor details rather than what's ultimately trying to be accomplished. And, and I, I can probably say I've been guilty of this before in writing, you know, some of my uh, articles for, you know, Law of Cards. I've probably taken something and put something that sounds sensational there, knowing that's probably not what's really being sought. But I mean, you know, it's you know, sometimes you just you, know, you, you do it for the clicks sometimes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. Well, listen, if you guys are as fascinated with this side of the business of, of the hobby and the industry as we are, uh, give Paul a follow on Twitter. It's at Paul underscore Lesko, L-E-S-K-O. And uh, he provides regular updates as they become publicly available. Um, you know, there's ways to search all that stuff. <laughs> Paul brings it right to you in a way that everybody can. Yeah, understand. there's ways to search it. There's uh, not ways to understand 98% of it, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, so keep us abreast of what's going on, Paul. And uh, when we get some resolutions in this thing, uh, we'd love to have you back. And again, dude, thanks so much yeah. for taking some time out of your night. No, you know, I, I, love I love talking, talking to you guys. Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you, Paul. Have a good one and Merry Christmas and happy Merry holidays. Christmas. All right. The one, the only collector attorney and hobby legal Eagle Paul Lesko. How great. Oh, was I've that? been waiting for, for years. Guy. Honestly, uh, we realized just before the show that um, we had never actually chatted. We've talked a lot across the internet, but we've never actually chatted. So thank you. Rob. Oh, you went, you yeah, and Paul. Thank, thank you nice. for making that happen. Okay, it cool. was fun for me. 
But um, yeah, super cool. And I could tell the audience, you guys were eating it up and enjoying it. Tons of hearts over there on the Periscope. Don't forget, you can share the Periscope too from from Periscope. You don't even have to stop watching. Um, oh yeah, Paul's great. I mean, he's he, he, dude. He's like a collector like us. He just happens to be an attorney, but he's totally one of those people you can sit down with have a beer and talk sports cards. It, it, yeah. It's awesome. Well, that's it. So if you dive into that article that I mentioned, it's about a lawsuit he actually brought against tops based on the fact that they corrected a tops now error between the time that they first publicized it and actually delivered the card. How interesting is that? Very small yeah. thing. He, he wanted the error. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> But that's a great so, yeah, so make sure you follow him. Also, I do got to shout out Mike OSU 85 subscribed again with Twitch Prime. That is 12 months now for Mike OSU 85, an entire year of subscribing. Thank you, Mike. And on the flip side, the Aussie Man 06 just subscribed with Twitch Prime. Looks like their very first subscription, so thank you. But that subscription shared rewards to five others in chat, so it's kind of cool. These funny emojis that I'm seeing in the chat that are coming up. Oh, High Pursuits, I see you just popped in there. And our good friend Rep Diaz, who's shared more subscriptions than anybody else by far, is watching tonight. So shout out, Rep Diaz. Awesome. Well, uh, there are some things going on in the hobby besides legal cases, and uh, we'd like to detail them for you here in this segment that we like to call Hobby Happening. So let's take a look at some news, notes, and nuggets, shall we? Well, kicking things off, um, one of the most popular and condition-sensitive cards of the modern era sold at auction this week for $168,000. The 1993 Upper Deck SP Derek Jeter is easily his most desirable rookie card and notoriously difficult to find in top grade, which explains the selling price of this particular example. You see, of the 15,691 cards submitted to PSA to date, only 22, or 0.14%, have been graded a 10. And the last example sold at auction came back in May of last year, selling through PWCC for $99,100. So for those of you keeping track at home, that's a whopping 62.53% increase for the soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Pretty interesting. Wow. Well, who, what, what was the auction? Um, do you know where that auction was? It wasn't on eBay, was it? The new one. No, no, no. It was Heritage. Heritage. Okay, very cool. Um, Hey, breakers at Dave and Adams were ripping Panini Prism NBA last week and pulled the one-of-one black parallel of Zion Williamson. Wow, right out the gate. There it is. Look at that beautiful card. Adam Martin contacted the person that won the card and negotiated a purchase price virtually on the spot for an undisclosed amount. The company is now taking direct offers for the card via a dedicated page on their site. Rob, when was the last time a sports card had its own dedicated page? I don't know. Well, that bodes the questions. Number one, what will it sell for? And number two, will we ever know? 
I'm sure there will be lots of <laughs> lots of little mice uh, talking about it at the National next year, so I'll keep my ears open. But either way, congrats to Dave and Adams. Congrats to the person that won the card, and uh, pretty cool move there, Adam Martin, putting that together. Absolutely. Well, spring training uh, may still be a few months away, but in his latest cardboard feature, prospector and collector Chris Stuber details six players, 26 or younger, with upside to their card values commiserate to their current affordability factor. So if you're looking to try your hand at the flip game, Stuber recommends these cards. First up, Corey Seager's 2012 Bowman Chrome Draft Auto. Scott Kingery's 2015 Bowman Chrome Draft Auto. Victor Robles's 2016 Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto, Byron Buxton's 2015 Topps Heritage High Numbers Real One Auto, and Nomar Mazar's 2012 Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto, and finally, Kevin Newman's 2015 Bowman Chrome Draft Auto. Chris does a great job putting stuff like this together. You can um, follow him and his sports picks on Twitter at 4SportCards. If you want to own a famous piece of Hollywood memorabilia, this is going to really excite you. Paul Frazier Collectibles is giving collectors the chance to own this necklace worn by Marilyn Monroe in the studio photo shoot for the movie Some Like It Hot. Valued... Actually, this kind of surprises me. They say valued at almost $16,000, this 1.5-meter-long white bead necklace was worn by Marilyn at the photo shoot with legendary photographer Richard Avedon alongside co-stars Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis. The necklace is accompanied by a letter of provenance and prints of the photos from the shoot. You can visit at PF Collectibles on Twitter and click on the link in their timeline. The sweepstakes ends December 31st. So wait, by sweepstakes, do you mean win? They're giving it ah, away. See that part? They are giving it That part away. I was missing, but the part that surprised me is valued at almost 16000 I feel like at auction, that would command much more than that in today's environment for both collectibles and jewelry and... Uh, Hollywood I kind things. of do too, except for the fact that it is only a bead necklace and not a pearl yeah. necklace. Obviously, for a photo so that shoot. might have something to do with it. But I, I entered for I sure. Don't know. I mean, with the amount not. of Hollywood collectors out there, um, yeah, I'm going to go in right now. So mute my mic. <laughs> I got the next story. <laughs> go ahead. All right. So recognize this guy. Well, if you're a White Sox fan and a collector from the time period this card was made you might you see it's tops it's former tops all-star rookie center fielder dave gallagher well he ended up being a journeyman outfielder who played for eight different franchises during his nine-year major league career so interesting that he had such a good rookie year not so good after that so it was really funny to see gallagher's reply uh to this tweet which um, 
which said, hey, came across a couple tops all-star rookies today. Well, his reply was, top five uses for that card today. Number one, bookmark. Two, table leveler, fold if necessary. Three, proof that I actually played MLB. Four, fire starter. And number five, one point towards seven points of identification necessary for registration at motor vehicle. I think it's really cool that David Gallagher is a good sport. (laughs) (laughs) I'll also add vintage cards as bookmarks are very underrated. Try it. (laughs) Sports Collectors Daily reported this week that Jerry Milburn, founder of Commons for Kids, notified them to say that 2019 trading card donations have surpassed 2.2 million cards. That makes a total of more than 11 million cards donated to children since the charity's inception. Based in Kentucky, Commons for Kids finds homes for unwanted cards, new toys, and other items across several states. And especially with the holidays in full swing, now is a great time to check them out and give them some additional support. Well done, guys. Absolutely. The, one of the things that uh, you know a lot of guys you ask, uh, can I have that base card of, you know, just to keep things simple, we send our base and everything we don't give away to two places, uh, Cadority Cards and Commons for Kids. Uh, hey, check this out. Tops wants you to know that starting tomorrow begins 12 days of Topsmas. Not Topis, Topsmas. Hmm. Be sure to be following them on all of their social platforms, including Instagram, for your chance to win. Thanks, Tops. Though I will add, if we don't get a 12 days of tapas around Cinco de Mayo, missing a big opportunity. Mm-hmm. And finally, Sports Collectors Daily is reporting a big hiring at Heritage Auctions. Dan Imler joins the company's Sports Collectibles division as the vice president of private sales and consignments. Now, if that name doesn't mean anything to you yet, he joins Heritage after most recently working with SCP Auctions, serving there as a vice president since 2000. You might remember that we had previously mentioned that Imler planned to create a new company, Legacy Sports Collections, after leaving SCP. With the move to Heritage, however, those plans seem to have changed. Imler brings a strong record with decades of experience in the sports memorabilia and auction industries, and he has served as a hobby expert for numerous prestigious major media companies, including the New York Times, Forbes Magazine, ESPN, and CNN. So, way to go, Heritage, and congrats, Dan. The big just keep getting bigger. And that's a look at this week's hobby happenings. Uh, we're going to dive into our first box break. Hey, Rob right after this little tidbit. Oh yeah. What's up you guys? WWE Hall of Famer here, Tori Wilson, and you are on GoGTS Live, the Hobbies web show with, with two of the sexiest damn guys I've ever met in my life. The one, the only, Rob, and the one, the only, Ivan, K2 and Onlys. Aren't they hilarious? I just love you guys, keep it up, love you. Keep being, keep tuning in for the rest of you. And um, hey, we'll we'll see you guys soon. Wow. All right. Thank you, Tori. Miss Galaxy herself. Appreciate it. Yeah. How about it? Uh, you had you you were gonna ask. Oh yeah, I just wanted to say something, and I forgot that uh, you know obviously beauty 
beauty before collectibles always prevails. Uh, it's so easy to register for that uh, Marilyn Monroe necklace. Oh, I literally did it before ho easy. Hobby Happenings was done. So we just retweeted the Paul Frazier collectibles tweet, so you can have quick, easy access to that. So there you go. Awesome. Wow. I <laughs> wow. Two of the greatest goalies. I was just going to say, I know that there's Rask and Henrik Lundqvist. There's not a Boston, a Boston them. fan in the world that wouldn't love that. Absolutely love we're gonna that. Going to get both of them away. That was fantastic. Wow. Love this product. Gotta go get in on a couple breaks. Good stuff, Upper Deck. Did not disappoint. Super cool. But that does close out our live box break. Still to go, we've got coming up right now, uh, after game interview with sophomore sensation Connor Garland of the Arizona Coyotes, who are beating the Hawks like four to one right now. And then a look at next week's new releases with Hot in the Shop. And then our brief preview of next week's Christmas Spectacular. Check this out, we'll be back. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, every time he's in there, France is in there, they're playing at the top of their game, so it's huge for us to have those guys. Um, obviously, I'm sure we said we don't want to rely on them too much, and we want to you know, get back to playing the way we were a little bit earlier, but, you know, when you, when you get wins in a, in a building like this, you got to take them. You knew it was going to be a big challenge. How big do you think that first goal was to, to quiet this place and change the tenor of this thing? Yeah, yeah it's big for Parkwood, too, obviously. I think we had, uh, had one last game in Columbus, and had one tonight, so we just got to keep going, and uh, obviously, nice Phil, Phil on the board, he's a uh, nice two, two goals right. Yours was, was huge to extend it late. Can you tell us about that play and how you may have lost a defender there if you blocked a shot and you took advantage of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, we had uh, a multi steps of play, carries it up the wall, and you know, just kind of went a little crisscross there. And he goes in front, so, uh, you know, doing his job. And obviously, a great shot by Chick. So it just, uh, you know, works out when, you know, everybody's playing their part, doing their job, and, uh, you know, just kind of finish it when you get those chances. I know it's early December, but how does first place in Arizona sound to you? Yeah, long way to go, right? I mean, um, I think I can't. Came up here last year at this time, and I know how, how long that season was. Thank you, Russ Cohen. All right, um, so we've taken a look at uh, what's new and hot this week, but let's take a look at what's coming out next week that's going to be equally as hot in the shop or at your favorite online retailer or group breaker with hot in the shop. Kicking things off. Wow. Two different SKUs of 2019 Donruss Optic NFL football cards. The first is uh, 12 boxes per case, 20 packs, four cards, delivering one autograph card, 14 rookies, six rated rookies, 10 parallels, and four inserts in every box. One of the most anticipated releases of the year is loaded with on-card autographs, parallels, and all of the best rookies the NFL has to offer. New this year is 2019 Donruss Optic Rookie Kings, showcasing the top talent with a unique design, rated rookie on-card autographs, like, yeah, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Dale, Daniel Jones, Nick Bosa, Josh Jacobs, and many more, rookie triple autographs, 1989 tribute autographs, rookie patches, and a whole lot more. Look for six rated rookies in every box and a unique case hit 
called Downtown, which has a gold vinyl version numbered one of one. Plus, this SKU or configuration that Ivan will tell you about with the collector's box. I thought they were going hand in hand there. So this SKU has it completely collector focused. It's going to deliver one bronze autograph, one memorabilia card, three hollow parallels, three rated rookies, as well as seven traditional rookies, one rookie bronze, one rated rookie bronze, one orange scope numbered to just 79 and two inserts spread throughout 10 packs in every box. Very cool, uh, different look with its own exclusive parallel. The collector's box from 2019 Donruss Optic. Um, in general, it's just going to be lots and lots of shiny. Lots of cool things to collect here with Donruss Optic. Very cool. Um, James, skip uh, what's next. Uh, we got late notification that Synergy has been put off until January TBD. Well, can I just add to that? It makes total sense. They don't need to release anything else new after the two products that we just got to preview, right? How freaking cool was that? So, But we're going to have 2019-20 Panini Origins NBA basketball cards with one rookie uh, jersey uh, autograph card in every box plus one additional auto or memorabilia card with two parallels. So Origins is making its trading card debut in NBA basketball. You know how much we've loved this in football. Now basketball fans get theirs as well. On-card autographs of the top 40 rookies from the 2019 draft. Look for rare silver ink, gold ink, and inscription autographs. Pull oversized memorabilia cards from the NBA's top rookies and rookie jumbo jerseys and also chase rare booklets that feature a massive piece of prime memorabilia and on-card autographs. Also, six-star signatures. That's right. Find unique six-star signatures with six of the top NBA rookies all signed on card and numbered to 10 or less. The rookie jersey autographs that are going to come in every box also have parallels in turquoise, gold, green, and black. So numbering from 25 all the way down to one of one. Cards look great. Patches look bold. Signatures look great. This is going to be a fun product, especially with this rookie class. This will be in shops next week. Ooh, speaking of fun products, Rob, 2019 Bowman's Best Baseball Cards comes out next week. Each box is going to deliver four autographs. So yes, that's more autographs than what we saw from the Bowman Jumbo Boxes on shiny Bowman's Best technology with refractor parallels and the autographs are signed on card as well as some exciting case hits this year. Each case is going to feature one 1999 Franchise Favorites autograph card, as well as two Franchise Favorites Atomic Refractor Parallel Insert cards, two Future Foundations Die-Cut Atomic Refractor Parallel Insert cards, and one Power Producers Atomic Refractor. So that's five Atomic Refractors per case, a case is going to have eight boxes, so lots to chase here. Six packs per box as well, with four autographs, including the best of 2019 featuring top MLB veterans alongside rookies, prospects, and 2019 MLB draft picks. 
So yeah, those guys we just saw in Bowman Draft, you can get their even shinier cards from Bowman's Best, along with a plethora of inserts. This product is sure to excite collectors, new and prospectors alike. And if you want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into the baseball prospecting game, look no further than 2019 Leaf Perfect Game hmm. National Showcase. Mm -hmm. This product is going to deliver 25 <laughs> autographed cards in every box, featuring close to 300 of the nation's top high school prospects, all MLB draft eligible. Ultra limited run of a mere 15 cases with 15 boxes a case. Okay. So get the very first autographs of potential MLB future stars. Get this. Every card, every card is serial numbered to 50 or less. Okay. Be sure to do yourself a favor. Check out secondary market pricing of these on previous releases and learn more about this elite prospect development program online at Leaf or at Perfect Game. Sorry, did you say Leaf Perfect Game? Because I was going to just add. No, nope, no, nope, I, I, I was going to say Perfect Game. Yeah, it's perfectgame.org. And just for fun, because I get too nerdy about this, I'm looking at the 2015 roster. Only five guys out of the f about 50 were not drafted. So this is the breeding ground for the MLB stars of the future. So very exciting product there from Leaf. We've also got a very exciting Marvel product coming from Upper Deck. We've been talking all show about uh, themed inserts of entertainment products. Well, this is Marvel Spider-Man Far From Home trading cards. Yes, the sequel to the first hit Spider-Man movie starring Tom Holland. Well, Far From Home trading card set is complete with the return of Tom Holland autographed cards. So you can recapture Peter Parker's epic European adventure with his Midtown High classmates in tow. Each box is going to have two hits from the following categories, actor autographs, one of one original sketch cards, or premium inserts. Some of those premium inserts include obsidian diamond cards with black dahlia flower design embedded with manufactured diamonds, as well as actor autographed versions, super rare chase hit, some Mysterio plexiglass cards, as well as the rare chase hit mysterious markings, dual autograph cards. And if you want to see the... F Doesn't it suck we can't see these cards? Yet. It really bothers Yet. Me. Where are the card Yet. images? Yet. Hopefully we'll get a box that we can preview for everybody. But again, if you want to see the checklist, especially the signers, go to gogts.net. I'm too excited. I can't wait. I understand. I'm right there with you. But very cool product coming out from Upper Deck this week. Next up, we have a high-end release for you Star Trek fans in the form of Inflections. Another product that we don't know what it really is going to look like, but we have some indication from Game of Thrones, which also had an Inflections release. But this product's going to deliver three autograph cards, including one bridge crew autograph and one movie autograph card in every box. Other hits are going to include dual autograph booklet cards, 50th anniversary autographs, bonus autograph sketch cards and relic cards as part of the 50th anniversary celebration of star trek i gotta remember to change the spelling of stark to star <laughs> i slipped a k in there uh this all-new series encompasses elements from all five classic tv series 
um, classic and uh, Kelvin movies and Star Trek Discovery. I don't know what Kelvin is. What is Kelvin? I know that's a temperature rating. That has to be a typo, too. Um, so check this out. Here's some of the confirmed signers. Of course, William Shatner. But also, hey, did you know that Benedict Cumberpatch played Khan? <laughs> yeah, he did. So he's got an auto in here. Ricardo Montalban from Fantasy Island. Yeah, he played Khan. George Takai, he's in here. And then the 50th anniversary autograph cards. Leonard Nimoy, Brett Spiner, Jerry Ryan, Nichelle Nichols, um, uh, Terry Farrell, Gates McFadden, and a whole bunch more. Movie autograph cards, Patrick Stewart, Whoopi Goldberg, LeVar Burton, Walter Koning, Malcolm McDowell, Christopher Plummer. Hey, we were just talking oh, about yeah. him. And many, many more. This is going to be a pretty amazing and comprehensive set for Star Trek fans. And uh, I, I, we will not get a box of this. <laughs> Why not? Enjoy. Why not? Uh, Rob, so the Kelvin timeline, that's what was created in the... Um, when they jumped uh, the Romulan Nero. Oh, jumped. thank you. So okay. that's why Benedict Cumberbatch uh, is in this and the actors from the. Um, well, yeah, you can see from when Synergy dropped, I had it all in order based on the products that people that, that you and I mm -hmm. like, you know, and when we dropped Synergy, the whole rotation got thrown oh, off. Oh, like, I knew you would know. No, I, I had to Google it, but I did Google it while you were talking. Oh, okay. So it actually worked out well that you were doing the talking. <laughs> but that is what allows Benedict Cumberbatch to be in this uh, product, along with some others, is that the Kelvin timeline is also there. Hey, speaking of shows dealing with large, expansive universes, we've also got Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. compendium trading cards coming out this week. Each box is going to deliver one autographed card and one additional hit, which can consist of either an additional autograph or a sketch card in every box, as well as four to five premium inserts. So when they say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. compendium, they do mean that this is one of Upper Deck's largest collections of signers for any Marvel property in recent history, with over 20 actors from across all seasons of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., trading uh awesome. series um including do they actually have uh i see Gemma simmons on there as elizabeth hentridge but do they have any of uh what's her name it's been so Chloe. yeah i watched the first three i got lost mm -hmm. in season three. Oh yeah there we go as daisy slash quake character yep. profiles chloe bennett as daisy johnson right there but also look for some cool autograph uh cool insert cards um, the plot thickens, and again, a huge spans the five seasons of Agents of Shield with two box hits, not just one. So very exciting. Nice. All right, guys. It timed with the release of the final movie of the three trilogies. 2019 top star wars episode nine the rise of skywalker releases next week now this one i understand why we don't have any images because of the embargo until the release of the movie but since spider-man far from home came out like in the summer I, I still don't get that maybe they're on upper deck's facebook page send us a link if they are anyway 
You're going to find two hits, including an autograph or a sketch card guaranteed, plus every pack's going to have an insert and a parallel, uh, meaning that with 24 packs, you're getting 24 inserts and 24 parallels. Uh, hits beyond the autograph or sketch card include costume relic cards, manufactured medallion cards, and printing plates. Look for single actor autographs from the cast of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, parallels ranging from 99 down to one of one, as well as one of one printing plates. Look for rare dual and triple autographs and ultra rare six person autographs. Sketch cards, shaped sketch cards, commemorative medallion cards with autographed versions, costume relic cards, and then a host of inserts, including Star Wars Illustrated Characters, Crush the Resistance, Long Live the Resistance, May the Force Be With You, and Ships and... Would you make up your mind already? Is it Crush It or Long Live? The Kylo Ren continuity program continues with cards 6 through 10. One is guaranteed in every box. Base set has 100 cards featuring character scenes and artwork from the upcoming movie, and those parallel from unnumbered blue, green, purple to orange number to 99, gold 25, and then one of ones, black and printing plates. So before you go uh, to the movie, stop by your hobby shop, grab a box, open during the trailers or when you get home. And that wraps up Hot the Shop for next week. Which brings up a very yeah, important question, Rob. Do you have your tickets yeah, already? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I wait for the lull to, to wind down. Am I crazy or does this one seem uh, to have the least ticket hype? Is that just because we've gotten so used to like the automated ticketing that we don't have to worry anymore? I think so. I think that has a lot to do with it. All right. Uh, while you are pulling winners, uh, I'm going to um, I'm going to show the folks. I'm going to get them hyped a little bit for next week. And one of the things I heard was uh, one of our regulars, Rob Batello, said he couldn't watch next week because he's going to the premiere. Well, dude, what's 24 hours later? I mean, you could have seen it on Friday. I mean, anyway. All right, so check this out. <laughs> it's our Christmas Spectacular next week. And so four lucky winners are going to get a panini bag that's filled with all of this cool stuff. If you could flip it for me, James. Thank you. Um, that you see there, uh, it kind of slipped out of the frame, but there's a, a, a panini cutter in there as well. And flip it again. So all that stuff in there, and then two random boxes from those pictured here. So four people are getting that. Then we've got single box and item winners of all this stuff. Okay, up in the corner there, someone's going to win a set of autographs from the NFLPA Rookie Premier in 8x10 format. Someone's going to win that screen-used Oliver Queen for Mayor banner plus the Cryptozoic um, uh, Golden Goddess. Uh, and I also threw in some uh, Cryptozoic promo packs <coughs> as well. And so, yeah, all those boxes are going to be up for grabs. And then... And then the Go GTS Live Christmas Spectacular Extravaganza <laughs> Grand Prize 
package. One winner. One winner is going to walk away with all this stuff. There are three eBay coupon codes. You've got to use them on three separate purchases by the 28th. So you'll have probably any time because we'll email you the codes for those. No, they're in the box already and it's sealed up. Sorry. It'll go out priority, so you'll get it in time anyway. Uh, three Beckett grading vouchers. How about a PSA silver membership uh, certificate? Uh, that gets you a year subscription to their magazine plus access to their monthly grading specials. It's a $60 value. There's a $400 box of Prism Basketball, I see. Uh, a page of Ultra Pro uh, Silver Pages. Hats from Panini and Tops. A set of the Rocky 40th Anniversary cards. Uh, a bunch of supplies from Ultra Pro, including those hard to get a hold of Ultra Pro 360 point holders. Uh, what else do I see back there? Uh, Don Ross basketball, Obsidian football, a Grandeur hockey coin, Court King blaster box that was originally only available overseas, a Don Ross mega baseball box, an autograph of. Kevin Smith on a Gaudi 8 by Yeah, I saw that. Kevin Smith autograph just hanging out randomly in that pack. Come on. How about how about the the striking Viking billiard champion Iwa Matea Lawrence? She had an Allen and Ginter card a couple years back. We had her on our old radio show and she sent us a bunch of those. How about a Stu Stone autographed Jack of All Trades poster? How about a Panini Hall of Fame basketball pack. That's a set of basketball inductees from this year's uh, induction. I see all sorts of stuff there. Cryptozoic uh, CZX promo packs. A baseball treasures coin. A Leaf National Hobby Shop Day box that has a one-of-one one press proof and an autograph card guaranteed in there. I see a rated rookie t-shirt a go gts live t-shirt oh my gosh it just keeps going a gts go gts live breakers mat the january issue of beckett sports card monthly a top nhl sticker box and album oh my gosh santa's been very very good to us so one lucky winner is walking away with all that next week. And if there aren't a bunch of hearts and emojis going on for that, I don't know what will Oh, it looks like the house from Up right now over there on Periscope. They're just flying, flying up right. into the air. So be sure to join us at our regular time. Be prepared to maybe go a little bit long because we won't have a guest. Um, I'll, hopefully nothing, you know, there's not 20 news stories in the hobby that explode, but we're going to, you know, do our regular hobby happening segment. Um, I know Tracy Hackler is going to be sending us some product and um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some other stuff as well. So we'll do regular box breaks, too. And um, uh, then we're just going to just start giving stuff away. I hope I hope nobody has a problem with that. <laughs> Uh, all right. Speaking of giving stuff away, Ivan, we have some prize winners for the season. Absolutely. I've, I, I count 15. Correct me if I'm wrong or get back to me because that's how many I pulled. So 
deal with it. But yeah, we've got bonus prize winners as well as winners of all the hits. And Rob, honestly, if I if I had um, personally opened the boxes that we got tonight, I'd be pretty happy between that Prospect uh, Refractor, Blue Refractor Auto, the two incredible upper deck buybacks. And again, we're not even giving it away, but that gold standard Christian Pulisic, he's my guy. He's our guy. He's our country's guy. Once you all wake up and realize that soccer is our greatest sport. Ugh. Ugh. I don't know about that yet. Um, hey, do you want to do you want right, to be the best yes. in the world, Rob? And looks like Lamar Jackson has five touchdowns tonight. The dude's the real deal, man. Such a great story. Crazy. Well, that's all I got, Rob. Wow, that's a whole lot of fun. That was a good show, uh, though. That's some. That's some great winners right there. But uh, we've got a whole bunch of stuff uh, to give away next week. So um, before we go on our three-week winter hiatus so we figured we'd just blow out the prize closet uh in celebration of christmas so a special thanks to our guest paul lesko uh chris carlin tracy hackler uh emily kless uh, who provided prizing from tops upper deck and panini tonight also jeremy murray at beckett grading services uh gordon chang at ebay uh for the prizes from uh, that they provided for national hobby shop day and said that we could use some of the leftovers so uh for my main man ivan lovegren james gale keeping things all running smooth behind the scenes i'm rob bertrand I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited. You know us. We love giving stuff away, and uh, we love giving it away to deserving people who support us. And uh, that's you guys, the collectors, who tune in week in, week out to put up with our nonsense and shenanigans. Hope you enjoyed tonight's show. You know what to be doing between now and the Christmas Spectacular besides being giddy. Always be collecting. Have a great night, a good weekend, and we'll see you next week. Good night, Rob. Good night.